Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. You walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt... Um, you're going to be all right. Sports Talk Saturday. I heard a fan offer three Dippin' Dots if I blew it, which the price of Dippin' Dots with inflation is just unreal. So for a brief moment, I was like, damn, Dippin' Dots sound good. But also I thought in the back of my head, we win today, we win tomorrow, or tonight. We're going to be here another day. That's more per diem. So that means I can buy my own Dippin' Dots and be a winner. (laughs) on WGR. I think three words every time I'm out there. The first one's a swear word. Starts with F. Um, second word's attack. The third one's win. And I just repeat that to myself. Unless, you know, there's a breach in the system and a walkie guy and I gotta tell myself I'm a few different things that isn't a winner. Sports Radio 550. Welcome into Sports Talk Saturday. That guy, uh, he said he was a, he was a pitcher? Yeah, for for Virginia Virginia State something yeah. like that. You yeah, never seen, you University never seen that interview? No, I've it, never I've never just, seen that. Just interview. straight up a total vibe the entire <laughs> interview. Yeah, just talking in sports, uh, you know, sports euphemisms and just yeah. just it was it was a treat. College, some college baseball player. That's great. I wonder if he's ever. I wonder if he made it to the MLB with an attitude like that. I don't know if he he did. I mean, he sounds pretty hard on himself. Sounds like me when I was playing soccer in high school. I was pretty hard on myself back then. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's not let's not venture down that path. Hi. Um, oh. Josh Schmidt, TJ Luckman, hanging out here on Sports Talk Saturday. Evan DePasquale behind the glass. Welcome. Let's get to a phone call right here at the top of the hour, because Anthony's held on for us. Anthony wants to talk about the Sabres offensive production. What's going on, man? Thanks a lot. How's it going? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. I just, as we're going into our 13th season here and not making the playoffs, and I know you guys talk about Kevin Adams saying this isn't the old regime, but he knew what he was taking on when he took the job. So you know you almost have to produce within the first couple of seasons. Our bottom six, excluding Tyson Jost, is just full of value players. What is Peyton Krebs even really known for at this point? Getting in a scrum with Sidney Crosby in the preseason? I mean, you have now amassed all this talent through draft, and you have so much capital, why are we not using it? Like, what is the direction with this team? Because when you look at this from top to bottom, if you look at last season, we had a top-five power play. We had top-five offensive production. We don't even come close to that this season, with the exception of putting up four almost garbage-time goals in the other game. We're down four or five nothing. What is the real direction here from Kevin? And it's, it, at this point, it feels like to me where if I was to be him, I would say you have to know that your fans are almost over it at this point. Is it almost worth it to just move a lot of your draft capital to say we're just going to get in the playoffs? 
we're going to be competitive. Because wouldn't that even just spur saying getting other players from other teams to say maybe we do want to play in Buffalo? We do see they're making real strides. And that's all I really got to say, guys. I'll hang up. No, I Honestly, I think you're absolutely right in terms of kind of the time to make the moves that you want to make is now. You have the draft capital to make your moves. Um, I think... I think at this point of the season, yeah, you can take a lot of your draft capital and find pieces that a are people are willing to move. Which at this point of the season, I don't think that's really a thing until March. Um, and then on top of that, you know, part of it is how Kevin Adams handled the summer transition, uh, the the summer transactions of not really. Doing much to bring in a, a new forward, um, keeping that relatively the same, which they had the third most goals in the NHL last year. Why would you not want to have that whole forward group back? Yeah, I can, true. I can, I can go further into that. But uh, well, your big pieces that you tried to sign, Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, haven't delivered for you. You didn't do anything uh, for goaltending. He opened himself up to the criticisms he d- rightfully deserves uh, for where they're at this season and. That this point of the year, uh, we're, you know, however many games into the season now, uh, 24 games in the season, 25 games of the season, they're in a place in the standings where they can make all the trades they want. And I think they're going to be hard pressed to make a run to make the playoffs again. I, uh, thir- it's 13 years. I, I, I said it before. Um, it's not thir- that 13 years is not on them, but it's a pressure that people want over that. Anthony wants the playoff drought to be over. I understand that Kevin Adams isn't responsible for those previous 10 years, but part of taking the job, and Anthony even said this, is that's the job you're taking. That's what you understand is they haven't been to the playoffs, and you need to do something to turn that around. Right. And and I I wonder about making those in-season like big-time trades because just the other day, the Sabres, obviously, you trade for a not – you know, not a highly touted forward. Eric Robinson looked great in his debut. I will, I will say, the like, new I'm, trade smell. What's that? The new trade smell. <laughs> but, but I just wonder because you never see these gigantic blockbuster trades in the NHL until the trade deadline comes around. And can the Sabers be in a position to make one of those trades by the time the trade deadline gets here? Because at this point, if they were looking like the way they are right now at the trade deadline, you wouldn't make it. You wouldn't make a blockbuster trade to try to go push for the playoffs. No, but it, but it's it's they have to get to that. They have to be at that point once those big time trades start to show up. And I think the earliest we saw last year was in January when I think it was January, maybe February when when the Islanders traded for Bo Horvat. Yeah, and that set the tone for you know the trade market. And I think the Sabers could be a team that does that this year, where they trade something big for something bigger early on in that quote-unquote trade season you know like it's it's one of those things where it's you're at the point of you have to push yourself right now to be able to make that move in two months no for sure and they're the savers where they've positioned themselves in the standings is a not where they wanted to be at the beginning of the year and b it's not it's frankly not good enough to make the playoffs, no matter what kind of run they go on here, right. unless they go on one of those crazy Columbus Blue Jackets twenty-two game unbeaten streaks or winning streak or whatever happened a couple of years back with them, um, 
you know, again, Kevin Adams, um, you have to lay a lot at his feet here for where they are in the standings and and doubling down on his group that he already had. I do think, though, that having a year like this, having this happen is still important. It's still a pivotal moment for Kevin Adams. I don't think he should be fired for not doing anything in the summer. Um, but, again, he opened himself up to that scrutiny by bringing back the same group with a couple of different additions on the defense that, again, haven't worked out for one reason or another. Uh, yeah. I think further from that, you know, you can also take a look at the decisions that Don is making for the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, you have to question whether or not that's coming from the roster that Kevin Adams is giving Don or if there's sort of a collaborative effort. I don't I don't know what the sense is in terms of how often Don and Kevin communicate over the roster, over who's up and who's down. Um I don't have enough of a sense of what goes on there. Yeah, um, and I mean, it seems like they're a very fluid. They, the, the two of them it seems like seem they talk like they, a lot. Yeah, it seems like they work pretty well together. So but I, feel I don't like, know what Adam's input is over the team. Right. It it might. It, it's probably. It's probably not not to say there's an input, but it's probably like they they conversate a lot, and you know, it's sure. Hey, this is what I think, but it's up ultimately it's up to you, yeah. kind of sort of thing. Yeah. Um, looking at the playoff picture, this. Again, it's just like last year where it's you you're the teams you're expecting to lose aside from Boston because that was just shocking to me. The teams you're expecting to fall off and lose are doing that. The Capitals and the Penguins are 1 and 3 points ahead of the Sabres respectively. Sabres are currently at 24 points and the Carolina Hurricanes currently hold the second wild card spot with 29 points. So you're 5 points out of a playoff spot. It's Mid-December, early mid-December, there's lots of time left. Yep. But you have to start making up that ground right now. It can't be, hey, guys, it's February. Let's start playing at a 120-point pace and miss the playoffs by one point again. It's got to be that mentality right now. And I think seeing what they did against Boston and even looking back at the Ranger game where they won 5-1, to that's the team that needs to show up every night. And... I get it. You can't have that team for every single game, but it can't be a we're going to show up with that team and then we're going to lose two or three and then we're going to show up again. And it, it, it's got to you got to string some wins together. And it also can't be you can't you can't face every opponent. I think this sort of what frustrates me about this team, especially with the whole problem of not being able to start well, is that in the last two weeks you've had two of your best games against two of the best teams in the NHL mm-hmm. and you can't um meanwhile you are facing a New Jersey team that is only 3 points ahead of you in the standings and getting your bl- uh, doors blown off you in the first 5 minutes of the game right. um and you have to come back from a whole, uh 2 nothing 3 nothing hold down the Detroit game you have to come back from being 4 nothing down the there's another game in there that the Nashville game. You have to come back from being two nothing down. And, and why is it those teams that you can't you, you can't you can't only you can't only get up for just the good teams. You have right. to find a way to look at the the teams that are around you in the standings and also find a way to to get up for those games. And 
I don't know, find a way to get disrespected about something. Like all these teams are above you in the standings. Have some sense of of getting in there and like that's the situation, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm saying all this. I don't know that they're not thinking that. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's probably a conversation in the locker room of like, sure. hey, hey guys, Detroit shouldn't be better than us. They have Alex we beat those guys four four times last year. Yeah, by by like I think they scored like twenty six goals in those four games. Yeah, and the Red Wings coach even commented about that after the game of saying yeah, like yeah we had something to prove against these guys. Have that idea, have that mentality, and and they probably do. But we're not in the locker room. We're not playing for the Buffalo Sabers. We don't know how they feel, but we're just looking at the numbers and saying you know this is what. This is what needs to happen, and and it very well could. I mean, you're playing Montreal yeah. tonight. the the re- The schedule ahead of them is not that difficult. It's Montreal tonight. It's if my laptop loads. It's <laughs> Arizona on Monday, who have looked like a wagon. I mean, Arizona looks really good. Um, and then you have Car- uh, Colorado and Vegas, which that's going to be tricky. But then you have Arizona again next Saturday. So. You're going on your first little Sabres after dark, you know, trip in about a week, and they usually perform well on those for some reason. They they did really well on the road last year, and they did really well out west last year. And it's almost like this is kind of like the perfect time for that springboard to happen. And yeah, it feels like it very well could. I agree. I think a big issue we're having with this season as well is last year when we were looking. At the standings, we were looking up from where the Sabres were in the standings. Uh, a comforting fact was knowing that they had a lot of games in hand mm-hmm. on teams. That is not a factor at all this year. In fact, no. the Sabres have more... They've played more games than most of the teams that are ahead of them. They played 27 games, so I was off earlier when I said 24. <laughs> um, every team ahead of them Washington they're only three points behind Washington but Washington has four games in hand with 27 points um Tampa Bay the final wild card spot that they're five points nope. out of the, oh I'm sorry Tampa Bay's played more okay Carolina is the final wild card Carolina's spot. played Tor- one less Toronto yes. has the first wild card spot right now with only 23 games played and 30 points so that's that's something that hurts that's yeah um but points but hey, percentage points percentage you cannot lean on that this year no and Looking at all this, yes, the teams that are behind you in games played, they can lose those games. It's it's an option, but they can also win. So it's it's, it's how it goes. It's how it goes. <laughs> That's how sports are played. But but the, the 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 fact of the matter is the Sabres need to turn it on right now, and I think they can. I, I feel like this group is going to be mad. You know, you're missing Alex Tuck, one of your leaders. You're missing Zemgus Gergensens, who's been pretty good for you on the penalty kill the past few years. But you have Tage Thompson back. You're going to be getting Jack Quinn back soon. This is the time to just kind of, you know, turn it on and just go and don't look back. It it's it's got to be something where it stops happening. You know, it, you can't yes, it's a young team. We've talked about that, but you can't have the same excuse every year of, "Oh, well, they're young guys. They they they're still adjusting to the league." No. Tage Thompson is 26, 25 somewhere around there. Something like that. Yeah. Like it yes, they're quote-unquote young players. But they've they've adjusted. Go do it. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. At this at this point, you you have you know you have the experience together. So the lack of experience comments are sort of they're 
they're not they're not a, resonating with me as much anymore. Yeah, and 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 for guys obviously for guys like Zach Benson, you know, that's obviously there, but you have veterans around him that can you know, be there for him. And that's what your leaders need to do. That's what guys like Kyle Poso and Eric Johnson need to do. I mean, it's it's something that they've talked about a lot and and I feel like it's it's very true. You know, it's it's there. Like it's not like, you know, oh they're saying they have leaders but they're not. No, they they do. Kyle Poso is probably one of the biggest impacts in that locker room. He's been around the team for almost 10 years now. So it's I I have a I Kyle Poso is wonderful human being, but another guy I want to nominate for the yeah uh, needs to sit a game or two but I'm there. can't because um of his captaincy and how that would look I, I i'm with i'm with you on that one too it's just it's getting to be questionable in terms of like his speed and 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 things like that i mean it, he's 35 he's done a lot for your team yep but that, that that was why i was so in favor of giving him the contract for this year of just like you've been such a good guy for this team like it if anything it's here's your reward like mm-hmm. you should be with us when we take the next step so it's somewhat disappointing that they're not taking the next step and this is happening right so it's a frustrating situation but hey it can all turn around in a couple weeks we've seen that before where it turns around for the worst in a couple weeks but eventually we're going to have it go the opposite direction we got to take a quick break here maybe going to switch to a little bill stuff coming up in the next segment so stay tuned for that this is sports talk saturday you are listening to wgr worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, life comes at you fast. Week in and week out, you never know what you're going to get. When we have some shifting positions and new guys coming around, you just never know what to expect. So for us, I feel like we all went into it with a you know fresh mindset, and it's kind of hard to say. But to hone in on your identity as an offense, when you have a new guy, you have the same players. But who are we as an offense? Who do we want to be? And what do we want to put on tape consistently? I feel like Coach Brady does a great job at keeping that in the forefront of our brain. Like, what kind of offense we want to be? Who are we? You know what I'm saying, are we on an attack or are we trying to figure it out? I feel like he's doing a great job. Welcome back into Sports Talk Saturday. Wide receiver, Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs right there talking about, you know, the impact of, of Joe Brady and, and how the offense has changed and, and whatnot. I, for one, have been a huge fan of 
what Joe Brady's done with this offense so far. I mean, they look like the offense the Bills had with Brian Dable. And it, obviously it's still early on. But in the small sample size that we have of what the Bills have done with Joe Brady, it looks it looks to be improving and it looks a lot better than it did before. Um, with, you know, important games coming up, that's kind of the perfect time to have your offense do what it's, what it's doing. And, you know, looking at where the Bills are in the thick of it, we all know the Bills are, quote-unquote, in the hunt. We, we don't like being there, haven't been there in a while. And it's going to be a fun ride at the end. I, I, I know it, it'll, it'll stink if at the end of it all, you know, the Bills don't make the playoffs. But it's going to be interesting. And that's kind of something that I've welcomed over the past few weeks is, sure, it's fun to, you know, be 13 and 4 and, and, and you're rivaling for the number one seed. But it's also interesting to just kind of be, you know, in the thick of it and, and fighting for every yard and every point. And it it kind of makes the games more enjoyable in a way. I mean, sure, it's fun. to Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I want the Bills to win close. Like, okay, I do want the Bills to win close games, but I'm not saying I want every game to be close. I love when they blow teams out. I love watching that Jets game a couple of weeks ago where they blew them out. We you know, don't need what happened last year, where every game felt close and you never right. felt comfortable. Right, yeah. I mean, I liked the 32-6 win, but that Eagles game where you go to overtime and you almost beat the best team in football, it, it was it was a good game. Aside from the penalties and the bad coaching decisions, it was a great game. And that's the games that you expect this offense to put out and you expect to see week in and week out from Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And, and Diggs wasn't even really a factor in that Eagles game, which is something that's also very surprising to me. Um, but that's something that I can see the Bills doing over the next five weeks is being competitive, being that 30 points or more a game team and really pushing for that last playoff spot. Kansas City is beatable. They are no longer the unstoppable juggernaut. The offense has looked flawed. The defense has stepped up and looked great. But Travis Kelsey's starting to show his age. Patrick Mahomes does not have the weapons he's had in past years. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have a, well, I guess he never really had a running back that could just, you know, do everything. But even this week, Isaiah Pacheco is out for the game. They're missing an offensive tackle. They're missing Drew, uh, Drew Tranquil. They're one of their starting linebackers. And they're missing a safety as well. It's not the Chiefs' teams of the past. And the Bills, for the most part, are fully healthy. Sure, you're still missing Dawson Knox and Kyrie Elam, but everyone else that was hurt before the bye week is good to go for the game, which is a huge boost for this Bills team. I don't really know what they're going to do with Von Miller. I am on the side of, you know, hey, man, like, Let's see how this all turns out. You got to kind of sit on the sidelines till then. And in terms of a football perspective, it's not really going to hurt your team that much. The defense has been fine without him. He has been a non-factor so far this year. It's not the Von Miller of the past where he's getting 12 sacks a season and he's an unstoppable force. He's barely been impacting the games. And that's where it's, you know, make the right decision and don't play him. I, I 
I, I've gotten to that conclusion. For a while, I was, you know, tossing and turning on it, but it, it really doesn't make sense to do anything but that. And, you know, if, if things play out in the legal system the way they may, if things play out and he's innocent, cool. Then that's great. But if it's not, then it's one of those hard decisions you have to make, but it's really not that hard of a decision. Sure, he's a future Hall of Famer or potentially future Hall of Famer, depending on how this plays out, but it's not that hard of a decision if if things turn out on the negative side. But like I said, that still has yet to play out. The legal system, it will be the way the way it is. It, football will not affect that. It's the United States legal system. It's going to take its time and have due process, whether that's in favor of Von Miller or against Von Miller. But that is yet to be seen. In terms of this week, in terms of Bills Chiefs and one of the game, the game that is probably one of the most sought-after matchups every single season, I don't think it's going to be anything like we've seen in years past in terms of both offenses are, you know, scoring 40 points, maybe touching 50 points a game. It's not going to be like that where you see the over-under is like 40, 45 and a half points or something like that. It's going to be kind of a lower scoring game, I think. Partially because of the fact that the Chiefs, as I said before, don't really have a juggernaut of an offense where they're going to score 40 points a game, where they're going to run all over you, and they're going to ha- Patrick Mahomes is going to have 450 yards. And it's also because the Chiefs' defense has showed up and been really, really dominant and has helped them get a lot of their wins. I, I think the Bills' offense will you know, give the Chiefs a run for their money in terms of the defensive side of the ball. But Chris Jones has been in a welcome addition for that Chiefs' defense, and it's going to be tough for the Bills to overcome that. That being said... If you have the Bills of Week 11 against the Jets show up, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. And you're going to see Josh Allen have a 400-yard game. You're going to see Stephon Diggs have a 120-yard game. You're going to see Gabe Davis, who, for whatever reason, plays incredible when you know it's the broadcast crew of Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson because, for whatever reason, he's just... Wide receiver one when that happens. I I, I don't get it. I, I love it, but and I'm sure there's no correlation whatsoever. But, you know, if Gabe Davis can have one of those vintage Gabe Davis games against the Chiefs here, it's going to be a great confidence booster of a win for the Bills and Bills fans because I know I've been very much influenced by uh, Jeremy White, who hosts on the morning show, Jeremy and Joe, he is all in that they're going to run the table and win the rest of their games and make the playoffs. And I've I've jumped onto that wagon as well because you look at, obviously, the Chiefs, it's always going to be a test. It's always going to be a you can't tell who's going to win until that final whistle blows. And then you look at, I'm going to skip over the Cowboys for a second, but then you look at the Chargers. They're the Chargers. I mean... What are we talking about here? They're they're they always find a way to lose games. They invent new ways to lose games. They are Bills East or Bills West, excuse me. Usually the Bills are Chargers East. 
That's how people have been describing them as of late with losing all these one-score games. But the Chargers are the ones that invented this. The Chargers are the ones that went out there and said, yeah, we're going to have the greatest quarterback in the world, and we're going to have Austin Eckler, and we're going to have all of these great weapons, but we're still going to lose. I just don't think that that's a team that the Bills can lose to. I, I, I I don't see it. And then you look at the Patriots. I mean, come on. Three and ten with a surprising win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say that, but they beat the Bills earlier in the year. That's going to stick out in the minds of those players. They're going to be angry. They're going to be. We need to go out and win that game, and it's in Orchard Park. It's at Highmark Stadium. The crowd atmosphere at that game is going to be insane. It's on New Year's Eve. There's just so many factors there that are stacked against the Patriots. I'm I'm not one for predictions, but I just don't see any of these things going wrong for the Bills. And then you have the Dolphins at the end of the season, and that's, oh, man, that game. That's a toss-up, too, but it's still one where I just don't think. Well, that game get flexed to 8 o'clock. Yes, 100%. If the Bills win their next four games and they have a chance to potentially win the division, let alone make the playoffs, there's no doubt in my mind that that game is a primetime game. If the winner of that game wins the division, it's going to be at 8 o'clock. But if like Miami's already cleaned up the division, and they might still put it at 8 if the Bills are vying for a playoff spot. I, I just I, if, if the Bills have the potential to be eliminated from the playoffs in that last game against Miami, there's no doubt in my mind that that's going to be a primetime game. I, I just, I don't, like the NFL... The NFL makes some questionable decisions, but that would not be one of them. You know what I mean? Like that, like that can't be a decision where, oh well, you know, if the Bills, the Dolphins have won the division, but the Bills aren't in the playoffs yet, let's have this at one o'clock and let's have Seahawks Raiders at eight o'clock. I don't even know if they're playing that week, but it's to me, it's a no-brainer that that last week, unless the Bills, you know, are eliminated by then, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a primetime thing. I I just I just worry about, you know, can you have the same game you had in week four against the Dolphins where you put up 48 points and it looks like you're back? And obviously we know how the rest of the season's gone so far and they haven't been back. But those four games, the Chiefs, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, those are the ones where it's, you know, the Bills can easily win all four of those games. The Cowboys, however, is where I hold pause and I get worried about their playoff chances being affected by that Cowboys game. If anything, I think it's going to end up being where there it's going to be a shootout. No, yeah, I I, I think it'll be a shootout. I, I just, I... You just got to watch out for Micah Parsons. Right, that's that's the, the X factor for me in that game. And yes, Dak Prescott has had an insane year. He will likely, in my opinion, win the MVP. But I just, I'm worried about what that Cowboys defense could do to the Bills offense. If they have a great game against the Chiefs, confidence is going to be high. Players are going to be, you know, pumped up, ready to go. And the team itself is just going to look great if they beat the Chiefs. I mean, this game is in Buffalo, so it's not like you're playing in Dallas where you have the home crowd of Jerry World and the, and the camera <laughs> right. continuously panning to Jerry Jones every time they score a touchdown. Right, exactly. So you have home field advantage against the Cowboys. 
And they've historically done well against Dallas, but I just I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm very reserved about that game, and I don't know why it's that game. I I, I probably should be more reserved about the Dolphins game, but they've beat them before. They they know Josh Allen has Miami's number. I think he's only lost to them once. In twice, I think. twice was it? Regardless, his first, yeah, the first game last year. The, the oh, right, the Heat la- game, the, the Heat, heat game. game, and also his first time facing the Dolphins. Right. So he he, for the most part, has had their number, and it's you know it's been a joke on Twitter for years. It's it's been this, hey, Dolphins fans, it doesn't matter. Josh Allen is our quarterback, but now they have Tua Tungavailoa, and Tua has stayed healthy. That was a big question mark in the offseason was can Tua stay healthy, and he has. And that's partially, mostly, why the Dolphins have had so much success, but I would put it more on Mike McDaniel. And the coaching job he has done with that team has been impeccable. He was just the right guy for that position. And, you know, it's it's hard because I like Mike McDaniel. He's a funny guy. But I don't like him because he's the coach of the Dolphins. If he coached any other team in the NFL aside from maybe the Patriots or the Chiefs, it'd be so much fun. He'd be must-watch TV every single week for me. But I just can't get past the fact that he's the Dolphins coach. But anyway, so all in all, the Bills have a very good chance here to do what they need to do, make the playoffs, win out, and win the division. I mean, you can theoretically, mathematically, lose one game. And it's just the Cowboys game. But then you then you start to rely on this team needs to win, this team needs to lose, this team needs to lose or tie. And it's just not a place you want to be because you don't control your own fate. It's it's not it's not how I like to see a season end because you you have no say in the matter. I mean, sure, you had say earlier in the season, but there's no way to to decide it now. So easiest way, win out. If you win the division, that's great, but make the playoffs. And they can easily do that with the schedule that's ahead of them, I think. I, I, I don't know. Who knows? Every time I make a prediction, things go poorly and, and, and things don't work out for me. That's why I don't make predictions. That's why you won't hear me say, oh, I think the Sabres will blank today. Um, but time will tell. It, at All in all, like I said in the beginning of the segment, it's going to be a fun ride. And I think that in the long run, this season is just going to be a little bit of a blip on the radar in terms of the Josh Allen legacy and the Josh Allen era of the Buffalo Bills. If they don't make the playoffs, sure, we'll look back and say, hey, man, they didn't play great that year, but the next year, look what they did. Or the year after that, look what they did. So I I just, I don't know. I'm not worried. You shouldn't be either. I mean, you can be. I'm not telling you what to do, but I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be fun. I'm going to take a quick time out. Wrap things up for this second hour of Sports Talk Saturday. Our special guest is currently en route to the station. You know him. You love him. Zach Jones will be joining me in the 1 o'clock hour to talk some college football, talk some Bills football too probably a little bit, and talk some Sabres hockey. We're going we're gonna to talk all around it, but got to gauge how Zach is feeling about his Texas Longhorns as the college football playoffs approach. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Josh Schmidt rolling along with you here. The Buffalo Bandits. Remember them? 
Yeah, I do, because they won the championship last year. The Bandits kick off their season tonight. That's exciting. I'm, I, for one, am extremely excited about the Buffalo Bandits this year. Are you and, going? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut you're you good. off. Are you going to the home opener next week? I'm contemplating it still. I don't know if I can. I, I'm going to try. I want to, but it would be it'd be a really cool thing to see. Are you Are you going? I unfortunately had to produce it over at 1520. Oh, okay, all right. I'm producing well, tonight's game too, or training yeah. producing it, which shouldn't be easy. I've done Sabres games, so it's like <laughs> right. Yeah, no, but so I've considered it because I've never been to a banner raising. Obviously, being a Buffalo sports fan, we've never had. Well, we've had one. There've been all the all of them have been the Bandits, uh, but the other one, the other times the Bandits have won, I either wasn't super into lacrosse or I was you know too young to go. But Bandits kick it off tonight in Albany at seven o'clock. So that'd be good. I'm I'm excited for another Bandit season. I know a lot of people are out there as well. The Albany Firewolves. Man, band, the, lacrosse has such good names. I'm a big fan of lacrosse names. You know, the Bandits have been around for a while, and there have been some relocations and stuff in the National Lacrosse League. But, like, the Saskatchewan Rush, it doesn't look like a great name, but the logo is cool. It's like a little, looks like a buffalo almost. The Vancouver Warriors, the New York Riptide. Like, come on, that's great. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs they, is these awesome. Are, these sound like XFL names. Yeah, but like they're cooler. I yeah. don't know what it is, but they just seem they feel cooler. The Calgary Roughnecks has just always been a favorite of mine. Um, Toronto Rock, eh, it's not not great. Doesn't really do it for me. San Diego Seals is a new one. That's fun. Georgia Swarm, they've been around for a while. The Colorado Mammoth, obviously the Bill or the Bills, excuse me, the Bandits have played the Mammoth multiple times over the past few years in the playoffs, in the finals, and, you know, they, they're they kind of almost rivals at this point. Uh, Rochester Nighthawks just down the road, the Albany Firewolves, Philadelphia Wings, Panther City Lacrosse Club. That's a new one. Panther City. It's got to be, it's got to be like Florida, right? My, my first thought was Charlotte. Charlotte makes sense too. Man, that's so weird because you never see – a team that doesn't have like something of a city in their name. This is weird. I'm gonna have to Google this real quick. They're in Texas. Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. Oh. I mean, okay. It just you never would know that with the name, but all right. Unless I mean is Fort Worth known for Panthers, maybe? I don't know. Um and then you have the Halifax Thunderbirds. Uh, there's just I don't know. It it it's I, I hope the NLL gets the respect it deserves because it's Bandits games are a party. They are so much fun to go to. It, there's just music, there's people having great time. The, the Bandits usually win. It's a high-scoring game regardless of who they're playing. I I just I really enjoy them. So, best of luck to the Bandits tonight. I think they will do well this season. I hope they will do well. 14 of their games will be on the CW this year, which is also exciting. You can watch Bandits on some local TV. They're on ESPN Plus from time to time as well, which is which is always a nice thing. But if you don't have that, now there's a local option. So we're going to take another quick time out. When we get back, we're going to run through the NFL schedule. We're going to run through the college football playoff schedule with the one and only Zach Jones. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR.
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.